0: Prince Remembered from the Current. 893 The Current. I'm digital producer Luke Taylor, and here with me is Steve Noonan, a singer songwriter whose most recent album is I Could Be Anywhere. In the early 1990s, Noonan worked as an audio engineer for Prince. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thank you, Luke. I'm happy to be here.
0: It's good to have you. Now, let's get started maybe talking a little bit about your time with Prince. You started working with him in 1991, correct?
1: That's right. When I first started with him, I was working alongside. Michael Koppelman, who's a familiar name, and Tom Garneau. And, uh, and then after uh, Mike moved on, I became the main engineer in the hot seat. <laughs> so uh, I had a couple of full years with, with Prince, uh, you know, recording full band and just him overdubbing a lot of hours in the studio with him.
0: Really? Okay, wow. And this was over the course of two years, you say? Right. And how was it you originally got connected with uh, Mike and some of the others?
1: Well, I moved... From uh, I moved to Minnesota and I worked at Pachyderm Discs uh, initially, and I was friends with Mike from our Boston days. So uh, when a spot opened up at Paisley, uh, you know, it was uh, I took the opportunity to do it, and um, I was able to you know hang in the studio with Prince and, and work alongside Mike. So it was the that was the uh, beginning of it all.
0: That's really cool. Did you work with Prince on um, Diamonds and Pearls then? Would that have been that era?
1: I came in as that was being made. Yeah, Diamonds and Pearls. And then his next record, which was the Love Symbol album. Okay. I, I worked a lot on that and I co-mastered that one even uh, out in California with Bernie Grundman.
0: Okay, now that's an interesting thing because you were working at Paisley, but then wasn't Prince kind of, you know, living in L.A. as well as Minnesota or kind of bridging his time a little bit?
1: At the time, he was. He, uh, I probably spent six months of 1992 in Los Angeles, uh, and we'd book out studios there and work there. And, um, but he, I think he was renting a house at the time okay. out there, um, and that's where, uh, you know, we recorded other songs, and also the mastering was done there. Okay. Of uh, of uh, love symbol.
0: Sure. Now, working with Prince day in and day out, um, how would you describe his approach to the work? What was it like working with him?
1: Well, it was it was fun. I mean, uh, as it's been said uh, a lot, he was uh, you know a genius. He had a lot of songs. He had a lot of writing uh, in him. You know, so he's always working on songs, which I can relate to as a songwriter. There's always something cooking. Um, so, you know, generally we would. Uh, Every so often, record the full band tracking, and then we'd work on the songs individually, overdub them. He put you know vocals on them, guitars, uh, and keyboards, anything to fill the holes, fill the frequency holes. So um, you know a lot of the times uh, when he did the vocals, for instance, he would uh, send us out of the control room, the engineers. He'd do the vocals himself. We would he would assign the tracks, we would get the tape machine ready, and he would punch in and out and record. His own vocals at the control board. And then we'd come back a couple hours later, and there'd be these, you know, nice five, six, eight part harmonies already done. He'd be bouncing them down to two stereo tracks.
0: Wow, that's interesting. He would actually ask you to leave. Do you think that he was perhaps bashful about it, uh, self-critical about it, maybe some stage fright or red red light fever, as they say?
1: <laughs> I don't think maybe that was a small part of it, but it was probably just quicker and easier. Oh. And he could just, you know, let it all hang out without having to wonder what people thought. But it's probably in the name of speed. Uh, and he could do it and just, you know, try and, uh, you know, get it done quickly and, redo something he doesn't like erase it rather than having to tell people you know erase that go back he just was able to uh, shuttle on the tracks himself
0: and and was he was he given to really long work days long work weeks
1: yes in a nutshell <laughs> uh, typically um i'd get the call to come in there maybe noon 1 2 3 p.m. and then we work till maybe 4 5 6 and then he would probably come back into the office or, you know, the record company, probably 10.30 that, that next day. So as far as I could figure, he would sleep maybe four and a half hours a night, something like that. Wow. Not too much, but, uh, you know, he enjoyed it. He he liked working on it. And once again, and as an artist myself, I can understand it. Once you get going on something, you don't really get as tired as the people around you, you know, who are working. So, uh, but occasionally he would ask for coffee, you know, and I would... I admit I sometimes would give him decaf if, <laughs> if I were really tired. Um, not all the time. Sorry, Prince. Uh, but, uh,
0: Did he have a discerning palate? Was he able to say, "Oh wait, Steve, this is this is decaf"?
1: No, he just said, "Can I have some coffee?" So he didn't say, "Can I have regular coffee?" So okay, only if this was only if it was you know seven a.m. and he wanted to keep on going. Which sometimes he would. He would at the end of the night. He would say he could see one of us fading, the engineers, me or another person, and he'd call and ask for a fresh engineer. He'd call up to the office: "Is there a fresh engineer?" So, if he had something going, he didn't want to stop. You know,
0: sure. But he had the presence of mind to kind of like take care of the staff,
1: right? He could tell when you were starting to get a little slow. Um, But um, but generally speaking, yeah, uh, he he was fun to work with. You know, it was fun to watch the songs form. you know, he would generally start with a groove. Uh, and these are things that I've learned from him now as a songwriter. He'd start with a groove, and then uh, that was the, kind of the basis of it, and then form a melody around that. Not all the time. Sometimes he'd start out with a title. I remember um, the song The Steels Cut, uh, Well Done. It, it, he saw a marquee, he told me, that said, Well Done, Much Better Than Well Said. It's on a church marquee, and he liked that. So he formed the song around that. Title.
0: That's that's really cool to just start with just that little mm-hmm. nugget, that germ of an idea.
1: Right. I mean, and I've I've found out that a lot of country artists do this. A lot of country songwriters who are publishing have publishing deals or just writers that start with a title. Um, it's not what I do all the time, but it can work. You know. Sure. One of the other interesting things that Prince did, he would of course write songs for other artists, and how he did that is we would record the instruments, and he would record the background vocals on the 24-track tape at the time. And uh, and he'd record a lead vocal too. And then we'd do a rough mix on onto a cassette with his lead vocal. And then he would wipe his own lead vocal on the 24-track tape, never to be recovered, of course. So now, uh, to these other artists, there are these cassette tapes, one-of-a-kind Prince lead vocals on the songs that they recorded. Uh, and these are, you know, one-of-a-kind Prince lead vocals that aren't in the vault, don't exist anywhere. They're just on these cassettes, these lead vocals for songs that he wrote for other artists, which is kind of interesting.
0: That's very interesting.
1: Also, Luke, uh, on that subject of the vault, you know, I had the combination, as did other engineers. I was in and out of there a lot. We were always sampling from older tapes. And I know that they just drilled that open, which is unfortunate because there are probably a few people in this town that may still recall it. I don't. Maybe they had changed it since then, but... Um, I know there's been a lot of talk of those those songs in there being ready to be released. There's um, hundreds of songs ready, but I, from my experience, I don't know if Prince would be so happy about it. They're not really finished. There are songs in the works, and they could be polished up, but you know they're not ready, I don't think, in Prince's mind, ready to go to mastering and be printed in front of the masses. So while there's a lot of material down there, I don't know how much is actually ready Uh, to go out in a finished form that would make Prince happy. That's just my feeling. But that's what I have to say about the vault.
0: You said it was a lot of fun to work with him. A thread that's kind of emerged with a lot of these interviews is that Prince had a sly and witty sense of humor. Did you have any experience with his sense of humor?
1: Oh, yeah. He was a lot more light and airiness uh, than some of his interviews at the time would portray. Some of the things that we did when we worked in the studio to pass the time. I know Prince, uh, he liked to watch old videos of Sly and the Family Stone, so we'd have it up on the TV, sound off, with you know, maybe Dick Cavett in- interviewing, have him on Dick Cavett, Sly and the Family Stone, or James Brown. Uh, so if we, they'd rerun, we'd watch a little bit, he'd, we'd work a little bit, and then he, a good part would come on, he'd turn the sound on the TV, and we'd talk about that a little bit. Look at that, look at that guy go, that is funky. Um, we'd do that. We'd also watch videos. He had some favorite videos too. So one of them was Barbarella with Jane Fonda. Okay. I've seen that a lot of times. We'd get to the end and he'd just rewind it. But I'm quite sure that's where Tommy Barbarella got his, his last name.
0: Oh, I suppose. Yeah. That's really
1: interesting. Mm -hmm. So he would joke around a lot. And, uh, he once told me that, uh, you know, interviews, if you don't say anything, then you can't say anything wrong. So many times I think he would just guard his words carefully. And I think he sort of like the mysterious artist persona, too.
0: That's interesting. Now, your most recent album, I Could Be Anywhere, was recorded in Nashville with producer Dustin Burnett. Uh, and you're, you mentioned it's starting to get some uptake in radio play?
1: It has, yeah. We've uh, That's correct. We did it in Nashville at the Sound Emporium. And uh, Dustin Burnett's a local Tennessee, Nashville guy down there. I've worked with him a couple of times. Very talented. And yeah, we have recently embarked on a national radio campaign and I just learned we've got uh, some uh, ads for the rotation for uh, a few stations all the way from Washington State down to Virginia, uh, New Mexico even. So uh, I'm happy about that.
0: Well, it's definitely something to be happy about. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. And are you, are you touring at all in support, playing any shows in support?
1: We're going to do something. Once I see where the, it gets the most traction, we'll, we'll plan something for those towns. Uh, so that's in the works. In addition to uh, my artistic endeavors, I also do house concerts of all original music. My band and I do that too. Um, you can reach re- me directly through my website, uh, stevenoonandsongs.com. Uh, and also, if anyone wants an autographed copy of the CD, just uh, hit me up right through my website and I'll be happy to do that too.
0: That's great. And you you kind of alluded to this earlier, but you've you learned a lot of things from Prince as a singer-songwriter yourself. What sorts of lessons from Prince have you taken most on board in your own work?
1: Well, as I mentioned, you know, the groove, um also, you know, the rhythmic attacks of the melody. Once you get the groove going, they have to make sense and be appealing. So, uh, for instance, um you know, in the song Love to the Nines, there's a lot of offbeat Melody parts to it, and then at the end of the phrase it finally goes off those it makes it kind of a uh, you know release stress and release um, and also um, in terms of sometimes space is good you know less is more you make a statement and then uh, respond with maybe a guitar lick or a chord change and then bring the melody in again, so little things like that
0: um, sounds like like a lot of arrangement ideas
1: right uh and not. Also, though, in the, in the bare writing of the song. Okay. But in terms of arranging and recording, I also learned that um, when recording, it's, it's good to fill the holes, so to speak, the frequency holes. So many times he, Prince would hear, um, you know, we need something in this register, so he would add a percussive instrument or something up high or something missing. So all his recordings were uh, laid out sonically, really.
0: Um, and now you mentioned, too, uh, filling the holes. Clearly, the loss of Prince has left a hole uh, for all of us, what what space in your mind will will Prince occupy from from this point forward?
1: Oh well, he'll oc- occupy a large space. I mean, we're all numb and uh, feeling the void. I mean, it's it's hit us hard. I've been down about it. My wife's been in tears. I mean, he was a fabric of Minnesota. He did a lot for this state, and uh, you know, I've learned a lot from him. So, um, you know, when I worked with him we had i we you know i wasn't always on his good side if i did something wrong or made a mistake naturally he'd be upset but you know i learned a lot from him and uh you know i'll always be thankful for working alongside with him
0: one of the things that the cast members of saturday night live often talk about is that they feel that they're members of a fraternity or sorority people who had the shared experience of working kind of in the pressure cooker that that is and was Would you say that your experience working with Prince was a pressure cooker in its own right, where you and the other engineers and musicians form this kind of uh, you know, fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it, uh, of people who have this experience and can relate to one another as no one else can?
1: Yes, that's well said. That is accurate. There is sort of a fraternity of people who have been in the trenches with Prince, know how he worked, know that it's hard, but rewarding, Um I mean back before cell phones we had beepers okay. and Mike koppelman and i we each had a beeper, and uh we'd get we think we'd be you know safe at about midnight and then twelve thirty you know the beeper would go off and it would be hard at the time you know uh how can he start want to start now? but you know when you look back on it now it, it was a good experience, and uh you know I wouldn't trade it for anything, but uh, you're right in that people who have worked with them have uh some stories and uh, good and bad. Mostly good in my case. Um, I mean, I did once lock him in his own studio, if you want to hear about that.
0: Really? Obviously by accident. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) It was was by accident. I had had forgotten to take a cassette out of the cassette deck and run it over to his house. I'd left the studio, locked it up. I thought I was the only one there. I realized it a minute later. Drove back, went to the cassette deck. It was empty. And then I knew, uh uh-oh, I'm going to hear about this tomorrow. So then I... I went and closed the gate and drove, and then I saw him, Prince, and Carmen Electra locked in the back gate that I had locked, because I I'd locked all the gates. I was the last one, I thought. Uh-huh. So I go over there, and they're not too happy, of course. But <laughs> I unlock the door. You know, Prince had to back up a little. He was in one of his vintage cars, and Carmen was actually a little more upset than Prince, I think. But uh, it was no big deal, but uh, just kind of funny that I had locked him in his own studio. <laughs> yeah. But I hope he was happy that I was taking care of the place for him.
0: Yeah, indeed. He had to be happy that you were watching out for him.
1: I just want to say thank you also to The Current for having me in here, uh, Luke Taylor and Jim McGuinn, and also Mark Wheat, who put me in touch with Luke here. So thanks a lot, you guys.
0: Steve, thank you so much for coming in and visiting us today.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure, Luke.